friends, I'm so excited to be in this space with you today. I love taking this journey with you. In my world, I like to think of it as it's beyond faith to life transformed. And what exactly does that mean? That means that we can have have our faith, but we can live it to its fullest. So join me today as we explore what that means. What ek is, is not ganad. What aket is not ganin. What ek is, is not ganad. What aket is not ganin. Hey, you're sitting there going, what? <laughs> well, at least I would be if I was on the listening end of it. I really didn't throw a ringer in there for you. Well, I did. I threw a ringer in there for you. But I promise I'm going to talk about it. You see, those words have meaning for me. My son's wife is from South Africa. And this is a language that is familiar to her. I'd love to say to you that I know this language. I, I wish that I had explored it a little more. I know bits and pieces, but not enough to speak it. But we can learn many languages in life, right? And yet there's something about the language of our heart. It's a place where the words connect for us. They resonate with our emotions, our memories, our spirit. My original intent was to share with you from the meaning of these words. There's so much behind them. They're so rich. Translated from Afrikaans to English, the meaning is something like this. What I am is simply mercy. And what I have is simply borrowed. I'm sure there's a richer meaning in Afrikaans because language is difficult to translate from one language to another. But isn't that beautiful? What I am is simply mercy. And what I have is simply borrowed. Can, Can you not see how this would have made a great topic for a podcast? But I actually think there's something far richer to be found in this idea of heart language. And so that's where I want to start today. This idea of heart language isn't a new idea, but it is one that's still growing. And, and I think a lot of this depends on the location in which you live as well. Different ethnicities have often been dulled into the background of larger social groups. Again, I think this really depends on the culture in which you are living. But I don't think this is uncommon. And and like I said, um, it depends on where you are location-wise. But without digging too far into it, what typically happens and what is one culture is more dominant simply because of the magnitude of numbers of people in that group which means unfortunately that other groups fall into subgroupings or often they fade away quietly into the background of that larger whole that's sad for us because what happens is we lose these rich traditions fables and and folklore that come with those languages and 
we also lose another piece that's incredibly valuable, and I don't think we recognize this as easily. We lose lifestyles. And as I mentioned, this idea of understanding people in their original heart language, it's not a new concept, right? But I think there's a shift in thinking in more recent years, especially in the Western culture in which I live in. There seems to be more intentional integration of ethnic traditions into mainstream. I don't know if you notice that. I'm maybe more aware of that in a hospital setting. I, I don't I don't know if that's something you see on the outside, but I, I think it probably is. But when I say to you again, this is not a new idea, I really mean it. People groups have adapted to one another from the beginning of human life. We have recordings from early, early centuries in which we see this happening, right? These different people groups are, are intermingling and learning how to cohabitate together, right? But when we allow the heart language of individuals to be expressed and enjoyed, their integration into society shifts from when we let when we allow that to fade into the background. Because what happens is they're living into their heart language, right? And so as a whole, not just as a people group, but as an individual, they become stronger. And Imagine if we apply these ideas to us as individuals and we take out that ethnic piece. <laughs> I know I'm always kind of throwing in these different concepts, but let me, let me explain. Because I believe all of us have a heart language. And while I know what I'm trying to present to you is a little bit confusing, not that you can't pick up what I'm trying to say, but... Without understanding it fully, sometimes it does get a little bit of, um, maybe shady, not confusing, but bear with me. I'm going to break it down into several pieces here. The first being this idea of the original heart language. And this takes us way back. This is the moment in which an individual is conceived. See, I told you it took us way back. (laughs) There's a lot that surrounds that event and way more than I'm going to get into today because we could just go tons of different avenues with this. But think about it. This, this moment of conception could have occurred during a loving or a violent event. It could have occurred during um, maybe a sinful event or maybe or morally right behavior. Okay. I know those are big words and I hate to use some of them sometimes, but it's okay. Just bear with me. Because all of these things play a part in the start of our life. They play a part in that moment of conception. But I'm going to shift a little bit here. I want you to be aware of those pieces and parts because they do exist for all of us. But just for today... I'm going to look beyond these and I'm going to discuss a thought that I know has been floating around for some time because I follow uh, Charles Kraft, who is a very godly man in his work and he does, he's, he's an American anthropologist 
and he has this exercise in which he takes his audiences back to this moment of preconception. And so borrowing that idea is from where I assume the original art language is. I know I talked about a lot of different things going on there, but what, again, I want to draw us to is this original heart language. And what Charles Kraft does in this exercise is that he draws an image of God. As God holds one sperm and one egg in his hands. Now, now think about that concept. If you remember sixth or seventh grade, health classes, <laughs> sex education, right, <laughs> excuse me, we understand that there are millions that could have been chosen from, but God designated these two because he desires, this is at this moment of preconception, remember that's where we are, that he desires to make you, and he desires to make me. So this original heart language is a natural response to God. He's present in that moment of conception. He's fully aware of you as you develop. He's encouraging that development of you. This is the original heart language. Whether we acknowledge it or not, first response is to that relationship in which God and we hold alone. I think I said that right. In which it's very intimate relationship with us. But this, this language often gets buried under the massive weight of predominant culture. Remember what I was talking about. Well, this really does happen, right? It, it can be twisted by life influencers or it could be disregarded altogether. It's not, it, it's not allowed sometimes to exist in an individual life, individual's life. But that doesn't mean that it doesn't exist. Rather, it just lays dormant at the core of a person. Okay? So you with me? Original heart language, that connection we have with God, whether we acknowledge it or not. Okay? So the second heart language comes from the influencer circle of our life. I talk about this a lot in all my different things, blogs and videos, all this, this circle, right, of our friends, family, authority figures, these influencers. Because this is what we're introduced to as infants, what we live as children, and then what we carry with us as adults. So whether these are good or bad, healthy, unhealthy, whatever they are, this heart language becomes so ingrained in us that it feels natural to us. And this is the language that we revert to the most often. And this is the language that is the most difficult to step outside of when we recognize that it's not healthy. It's difficult to step away from because it's our original, it's where we're influenced the most. It's not our original, original is the God relationship, right? So it's the, it's the 
influencer piece. It's where we have grown and developed, so it makes it really hard to step away from that place. So the third heart language for me is this, that which is the healthiest piece. It's this language is where we come to recognize that a change is needed in our life. We call this growth, and all of us do it. Sometimes it's called transformation. Some of us do it, and some of us need to do it. <laughs> we also call it healing. That's why so, so many people seek out counselors or spiritual mentors or spiritual coaches or life coaches, right? It's because people need healing in some of these places. This is the third heart language. It's the place in which we recognize that a change is needed. It's this determination. It could be as simple as just designing to see growth in our faith relationship with God. And it could be as heavy as recognizing that there's unhealthy thoughts and behaviors going on in our mind and so we need to change those. Sometimes those changes are forced upon us because of the consequences of some unhealthy thought or action that we portray to the rest of the world in public, right? So sometimes I'm thinking here of like situations like court example, where you know anger management really has grown a lot in, in court and counseling has kind of stepped into that place and engaged with law and helping to make changes, right? So that's this piece I'm talking about. Sometimes it's forced into us. Okay, well, so that was all simple. I explained it all to you. You're good to go. <laughs> no, actually what happens here is this is where I wish that my listening audience would submit questions to me because sometimes I wonder if I leave it right here, what would you ask? What would you want to know? Would there even be an interest to know more? Do you want to focus simply on the spiritual aspect of this? Or do you need more information on that transforming thought pat of patterns? Thought transforming of thought patterns, something like that. Like this is where I want to know. Talk to me, people. Please send me emails. Please make comments on these podcasts so I can determine what resources I need to bring for you in your individual life that you can just, whether you need me or you do it on your own, is irrelevant. But I just want to know what pieces and parts you want to see more, right? So I'm not going to leave it right there. I'm going to, I'm going to talk a little bit more about it. <laughs> and But if you're looking for a more spiritual focus, here's what I suggest to you. I would recommend that you view my videos. They can be found on the website. They can be found on YouTube. But it's in those places that you're going to find true reflection in scripture. And I'm working on those. They're minimal at this point, but they will continue to grow. And if you're looking for more practical ways of reshaping unhealthy patterns, then I recommend you read the blog post where you're going to find more of a psychological element that's included in those topics. For this podcast today, many 
of you are just having your curiosity peaked. And, and I'm good with that. I'm not going to leave it there for you. I'm actually going to take you through a little exercise. Do you have one good memory that you hang on to? Okay, I'm hoping that all of you have a good memory, but I'm hoping that all of you just immediately pop one thought into your mind, but or that you have so many you don't know where to grab onto. But I want to narrow it down. Think of one good memory that kind of just can boost your spirit. Maybe you can trace it all the way back to childhood. And whatever this memory is, it's, it's this place where we find goodness in life. But we don't typically use these memories in the way that I'm going to have you do that today. Actually, most memories just come up randomly in conversations, right? But in a minute, I'm going to ask you to stop this podcast and use that memory. I'm going to ask you to recall it. And what I want you to do is I want you to take yourself back there just for a minute, back to that space in which that memory occurred. Redraw that picture in your mind. And think about the details of the event, the feelings that were invoked in that moment, and the people or the places that are involved in that space. Okay, I know this isn't necessarily easy because sometimes you might have too many to choose from, but just... It's okay, just pick one. Something that left you feeling good. Okay? So stop the podcast right now. Take a few minutes just to recall that. And I'll see you back here in a few. (laughs) Some of you took forever to get back. And some of you cheated. (laughs) Actually, that's okay. If you didn't do the exercise... I encourage you to do it at some point today. But what occurs in that space for you is similar to when we connect with our heart language. It stirs up joy. It causes physical, emotional, and spiritual responses. And this is what I'm always talking about when I talk about permanent peace. It's this feeling or these sensations When we live into our heart language, our choices are stronger, healthier. They impact others positively. If you remembered that moment in time, hopefully you see how some of those influences in that moment might have taken you to impact others positively. think you need to know this about me here in this moment because I feel like I might be throwing some of you for a loop here and it, again not knowing what my my listening audience is thinking it's hard to know right but I'm not a tree hugger and while I actually think that's a horrible term and it doesn't really fit me because I could really hug trees a lot because I love trees <laughs> What my point is, what I'm trying to say is I'm not just a happy-go-lucky person. And if you know me personally, you understand that. I can lean into the negative, and and I definitely don't ignore problems when they hit because life is rough. I dig in my heels and I face those problems. For me and many others who teach about permanent peace, I don't equate those things with happiness. 
okay? Life has unhappy moments, right? We feel like at times we live in these little tiny dinghies on the water or these little tiny boats on the water. And a lot of the time those get knocked around by some pretty seriously big waves. But peace comes in this connection with our heart language. So let's just say that you're not doing life from your heart language. How do you get there? Okay. So the spiritual me says it starts with God. And that reconnecting at the core with the creator who put the sperm and the egg together to make you and to make me, that's the place. And while I really want to give you the other answer, in all all honesty, I really can't separate the spiritual me from the rest of me. But know this, if you're not starting in the same place, it's okay. Because whether you start in your own strength or with with God as your path paver, Either way, there's going to be hard work to be done on your end, okay? But the first step is recognizing your heart language. Do you know that even in the Christian faith, the heart language is individual? Sometimes we clump people together, but this is definitely not a community thing. Because some in, in the Christ, I'm using the Christian faith here just for a second. Some are drawn to music, some to community, some to teaching, others to prayer. Or or reading scripture. I mean, that's my thing, right? That's where I draw my connection. But when you did the memory exercise, and if you haven't done it, that's okay. Think about all this after the fact. If you did the memory exercise, what answers did you give to the questions I ask? They were feel-good moments, but they also lean back into your heart language. And what stands out for you in that memory? Because I have to grab onto some idea to make this more understandable, I'm going to say, when we had that memory, people. People became the key component of that memory. So I'm going to take it from that place. Well, then, if that was my case, if that's what happened for me, I saw people, then I would ask the next question. What is specific to that place, those people or that time? Consider what other events in your life have drawn the same experiences or evoked the same emotion along that line, right? Okay. And then ask yourself, why? Why did those things draw the same experiences or the same emotions or whatever was it due to the people was it due to the place okay stay with me for just a second going back to my lead of using people let's say in the first memory you connect because of the people but let's say that those are specific people and when you think about the thir- second or third memory or whatever time you felt the same way as that first memory same feelings same emotions evoked right? same experiences ask yourself was it the people again and 
then get more specific. Were those people different people or were they the same people? So let's say in this situation that I'm trying to explain that they're different people. But it's the same experiences, same emotions, just different people. Next question that I would ask is what value do people have in your life? Do you shy away from people or do you engage with them? If you shy away and those memories stir joy around people, then you might be moving into the wrong heart language. Okay, this isn't a magical trick, this is really pretty simple. The idea of living into our own stories or transforming our thoughts and behaviors comes from the Bible in which we're told that daily Jesus reshapes us. And when the spiritual reshaping is complete, we are as we're intended to be. And that occurs in two ways. First, we long to live our lives in such a way that it brings honor and praise to God. Second, we're living as we're designed. Our thoughts and our actions are aligned with our passions and our God-given gifts. Okay, does this seem too easy for you? I promise it's really not that difficult. The recognizing piece is incredibly easy if you allow yourself to think on it. But change is never easy, and so there is another element in which when I said there's hard work to be done, there is. But when we allow the shift to take place and it moves us closer to who we are at the core, it feels more natural and it brings joy to us. So as much as I really don't want to do it, that's where I'm going to end this discussion today. That's where I'm going to just leave off in this podcast. Why? Because I want to leave you thinking on these things. I want you to do a couple of things in the next week. I want you to think about those moments, those memories. I want you to think about your heart language. And then I want you to think about Is there a place for me in which I need a spiritual mentor or I need to do some work in transforming my thoughts or growing my faith? Is there somebody I know that could benefit from this? Please share, please share the podcast. Somebody out there is in this space where they need this. But like I said, today I'm going to end it here. I want you to be left kind of thinking on those things. And then I'm going to bring more resource for you here in the next few weeks. I'm actually going to be introducing a new workbook. And the study focuses on these topics. The intention of the workbook is to help you in your faith journey. It's going to be very, very much more spiritual than the podcast here. And they're going to be way more in-depth than the videos that I do. So if you're interested in going the next step and you're curious about what that might look like, I'm currently building a wait list. And so what you need to do is you need to somehow message me. If you know me personally, just give me a shout out. That's good. Hey, I want to be on your workbook wait list. But if you don't know me personally, like I'm always saying, go to monicaswink.org and then at the bottom of the homepage, there's a contact link. Send me a message request 
to be added to that wait list and I will make sure you get on there. Don't leave this space hanging for yourself, my friends. Do the hard lifting. Get the work done. Allow yourself to go beyond faith and live into life that is transformed. You will be blessed beyond measure. Thank you, my friend, for allowing me to journey with you. I am so grateful for these times that we have together. I love you. Until next time.